Welcome to Living Simply, a guide to mindful living and mindful parenting with your host, Dr. Gina. Hey everybody, welcome to Living Simply with Dr. Gina. That is Dr. Gina Metrograno. Uh, my name is Ben Barber. Below me is Crystal Tubbs. If you're watching this on video, if you're not watching this on video, then I then that didn't mean anything. Too relevant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so welcome, guys. Uh, today we are talking about um, your child's self-esteem. Uh, so, Dr. Gina, give us a little overview about what we're going to be talking about today in regards to your child's self-esteem. Also. If you are watching this show, uh, if you are watching this show live, please uh, feel free to leave a comment, uh, leave questions down below if you have any questions, and Dr. Gina will answer them. If you are listening to this later, leave a question wherever you are, uh, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, and we will find it, and Dr. Gina will answer your question there. So, uh, Dr. Gina, uh, uh, let's uh, let's go. What is, what what are we talking about today as regards to your child's self esteem? So I thought we would talk about different um, parenting strategies that could impact a child's self-esteem negatively, but also positively, and how a parent's self-esteem greatly impacts a child's self-esteem. That is great. Um, a parent's self-esteem impacts a child's self-esteem. Let's explore that for a second. <laughs> uh, I agree. Because I think <laughs> might that, explain my childhood. <laughs> because I think that right now a lot of people are understanding their lives a little bit more and a lot of parents are going, "Oh, crap." <laughs> How so? Well, you can't teach what you don't apply yourself. If you don't love yourself, how can you teach your child to love themselves? So people who have low self-esteem will exhibit certain outward behaviors, so observable behaviors, but also their self-talk will be impact, which will impact their attitude. But also a parent's self-esteem will greatly impact the choices they're going to make, the people they hang out with. And a big part of low self-esteem where we can notice it is in a couple who, what partner you choose. So if you're in a partnership where um, your spouse puts you down, doesn't respect you, and you allow it to happen, well, your child is learning that this behavior is acceptable. And that's how you um, model self-esteem, whether you have it or not. Kids learn by imitation. So the behaviors we have have are reflective of our self-esteem, the way we treat our bodies, uh, the people we choose, how we teach people to treat us. Our children observe all of this. So that's why a parent's self-esteem is has a huge impact on a child's self-esteem. Uh, yeah, that... That makes a that makes a ton of sense, and and what you show to them, they will they will learn. Uh, I had a friend uh, years ago who was um, stepping into a situation to to be a uh, 
where um, they were they were entering a relationship with a partner who already had a child, and um, and uh, they were like, you know, this is a lot. What do I do? And I'm like, and I and and, and the thing that I that I stressed the most to to that person was um, just love the the parent and yeah. and just show that you love the parent and that you know what I mean. And that's, and, and now years later, like, uh, that, that behavior that was modeled is, is so apparent every day. And, um, and, 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 uh, you know, they're, they're all doing very well, but it was what you show them when you're around is, is what they, is what they pick up. And the same thing, like with self-esteem, you know, that's, I think that's huge, um, in, in regards to that, how do you, how do you do that in your own, like when you're feeling down and stuff and your daughter is around, like, how do you walk that line of, um, showing them that things are difficult, showing them that things are real and, and not, not being fake, you know, and, and pretending like you're, you're confident and you know what you're doing and whatever. But, um, so how do you, how do you show them that you have self-esteem without you know lying to them <laughs> yeah well if if you have healthy self-esteem you're comfortable being authentic and part of self-esteem is unconditional love for yourself so the good sides and the not so good sides so not being afraid or uh, shameful to show your weaknesses or you know, flaws that you need to work on and you show, you know what, I'm human and you apologize because people with healthy self-esteem don't feel like it's lowering themselves or weakness to apologize and to show their flaws. So if you're having a bad day and you show proper coping skills versus pretending everything's fine, you're showing them resiliency. Right, you're saying I'm going through a tough time now. Let's see what I'm going to do, um, and they see you come out of it victorious in one way or another. They're like, "Okay, I don't need to be beaten down by life. I can do this." And having self-esteem is being resilient and not being shameful with ourselves because shame destroys self-esteem. So I find being real authentic um, and not being self-shameful or having self-judgment, watching what you say. So if, you know, someone who has low self-esteem, I, I see it so many times, parents who are so critical of their children is basically a projection of their own um, dislove of their own flaws they need to have a perfect appearance, so their kid needs to be perfect because, in their eyes, the kids is a ref the child is a reflection of them. Mm -hmm. Whereas, if you have self healthy self esteem and your child fails in school, it it's not reflective that you're a bad parent. It's just your your kid struggles in school. So, a lot of people can be embarrassed by their kids, and um, it just reflects their own insecurities. I'm curious how that kind of plays into um, anxiety 
and how that can uh, hurt our children. Because it sounds kind of, you know, some of the things that we've talked about previously about anxiety and things like that. Yeah, so people who suffer from anxiety often have perfectionism. uh, They have control issues. Things have to be a certain way. And often parents who have self-esteem can be overprotective. At an extreme case, I've seen... um, a parent involved their kids with their own fears. So if if you're scared of heights, let's say, and you're always hovering over your child, the child learns, oh, heights are dangerous, even though they're protected, right? Obviously not on the edge of a cliff. Um, so kids pick up on our energy and our anxiety, and parents often who have anxiety are overprotective. So what the kid learns is, I, I cannot navigate this difficulty. So they don't develop confidence. They don't trust that even if they fall, they can get back up. It's like, oh, I can't fall. So parents who always are behind their kids so they don't fail, don't feel disappointment, never hear no, don't experience frustration. Well, these are kids when I see them and they're a bit older and they experience difficult emotions, they have panic attacks. They freak out. They think they can't handle it. So if, if we just learn that our kids will survive, you know, a little friend who um, rejects them and we walk them through it versus let me go talk to that mother, see what this child did to my child. Yeah, so you hold your kid's hand, you love them unconditionally, and you teach them how to overcome difficult emotions. So, I mean, really, by not um, kind of dealing with our own issues, we're we're giving those issues to our kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times, if, if a parent comes to me with a child who has anxiety, I know one or both parents has anxiety, and it's each and every time, unless... It's a specific phobia. So if they're scared of a dog. But often what I've seen uh, more in my personal life, I have dogs. Um, The kids who are scared of dogs have a parent who's scared of the dogs. Mm. Makes sense. So we we pass on our fears. And it's not because it's genetic. It's learned behavior. And you mentioned something, too, about... um kind of being overprotective of your child. So that goes into like helicopter parenting, right? Where you're just, you're always there and making sure they're okay. I mean, besides passing on the anxiety, how does that um, affect the child? Because they're not able to cope with other situations. Yeah, so they, they don't develop resiliency and the confidence that they can get through this. They're constantly searching for reassurance or mom and dad to rescue them. You know, when I was teaching at university, um, I had colleagues who were teaching 20-year-olds whose parents would call the teacher. Like, when I was in university, your parents would never call the teacher. My kid didn't get an A. What's happening? I've had one parent, uh, uh, one patient who had severe anxiety, and she was starting a pharmacy. And she was so anxious, she was making mistakes. And she want, the mom called me, wanting me to write a letter so the university wouldn't kick her out of the program. 
And I said, well, if she makes mistakes that could threaten the life of someone, I cannot write such a letter. She needs to work on her anxiety. She can't keep making mistakes on medication or not being able to assist patients. So it can go that far. So the child was learning, instead of coping with anxiety, I'm going to get letters, mom's going to rescue me, the psychologist's going to rescue me. Well, ethically, I wasn't comfortable, right? I'm right. Like, you, you're, you're dealing with medicine here. You're educating patients. You could give misinformation. So it's that, it can go that far. Wow. Uh, uh, so when you're when you're dealing with self esteem, right? A lot of people, you hear the the like put on a smile, like fake it till you make it stuff. What is? How does that work in regards to children? Like in regards to giving that advice to kids, and in regards to you know doing it yourself for the kids. Like if you're putting on a show, or you convince them to put on a show. Is it is it really like if I act like I'm confident, I will become confident? Or is it like this could be a dangerous road to go down? Well, it depends to what degree. So example, um, I have a daughter and we live in a society where appearance of women is so important. You need to be skinny. You can't have wrinkles. So I was always very cautious not to criticize my appearance in front of her or, you know, oh, I look like crap today <laughs> kind of comments because I didn't want her to talk that way or to learn that it's okay to talk about myself that way. We have good days. Some days we look better than other days. And oh, well, um, some, so is that faking it? Um, no, it's more self-acceptance that, yeah, there are days you might have bags under your eyes and it's more acceptance than faking it. Um, if you totally fake it, kids pick up on falsehood. I, I was always surprised. There was a seven-year-old who literally said, I don't remember if it was my mom or, or my dad is a fake they're fake. And I was like, wow, where did they get that word? They could pick up on the, the fakeness, if it's even a, a word, because our body language betrays our thoughts. So it's better, again, to be authentic, uh, you know, when they're older to go, you know, I, I have an issue with my, my appearance. I'm still working on it. Uh, when they're older, you can maybe explain that. But when they're little, if, for example, you have a girl or, or a boy, but I find the pressures are worse on girls, is never comment on their appearance that is judgmental. You know, value the inside, who they are as a person versus their output, um, how they look, um, if they got a trophy, because what's going to happen when they don't win the trophy, when they fail a class? You want self-esteem is not based on external output; is based on um, what's on the inside. 
So if, if coming back to you, is it a slippery road? Uh, possibly. I don't think you can fake it to that extent because it'll show again, like I was saying at the beginning, in the choices that you make. So you could tell your child, I, I think of a few family where there's dysfunction and sometimes abuse where they talk, self-esteem, but in the behaviors, the dynamic of the family, there's disrespect, pushing boundaries, um, put-downs, criticism, that if, if So if a child has to pick between words and behaviors, the kids will learn from the behaviors. So you, the words won't matter anymore. So if you say, you're beautiful from the inside out, but in your behaviors, you're constantly invalidating your child, comparing them to kids that you feel are better than, why can't you be like so-and-so? Well, your actions will betray your words and if you're faking. So, I mean, let's maybe flip this around and talk about something a little more positive that our listeners or watchers can grab onto. Um, how can, say in this instance, you, you're working on yourself and you're trying to m- model better behaviors for a child and you're really showing them more like unconditional love. So how can that kind of reverse the maybe negative effects of past behaviors? So first, what is unconditional love, right? Um, Unconditional love is literally seeing your child for who they are, which means you got to take a step back, be fully present and observe your child and see how they unfold in front of you and you let go of all judgment and all aspirations you had for that child because your child is not there to live out your dreams. So unconditional love is is basically that, to love your child without conditions attached. So if if a child um, does well, you give them tons of love and affection, and when they don't behave the way you want, you become passive aggressive, you give the silent treatment, the cold shoulder. So basically you, you change your love for them based on the output and which becomes conditional love. So the child feels rejected and then you're starting to foster codependent behavior that way. And they're learning, Oh, this part of me is not good. Mommy or daddy. So if you, if they talk about art and, and you're like, mm-hmm. but suddenly they talk about science and you show an entrance Well, you're showing, I don't really care when you talk about art, but I really approve when you talk about science and, and the subtleties in your behavior is, is you're slowly teaching them when you're this way, you're good. When you're that way, you're not good. My mind just got blown a little bit. I just want to throw that out. <laughs> In what way was it? Blown? Just, I mean, say being, because maybe, you know, we'll use the art science as an example. Maybe I'm not interested in science. And so I don't, you know, I'm like, eh, science, 
it's cool, I guess. But that's just like my personal opinion, but not supporting like my niece or my child or something. I have a niece that I help raise. So, um, you know, it can really teach her that science is something that's not good because she thinks I'm like not giving her love for it. Yeah. And if she loves science and you don't really love it, it doesn't really matter. You don't need to fake interest. All you do is be curious. Oh, tell me, what do you like about science? Because right. it has nothing to do with you, right? So tell me, what do you like about it? What lights you up? And then they start talking. Yeah, tell me more about it. So it becomes uh, an exploration of the child versus, oh, great, now I have to love science and I find it <laughs> so boring. So right. when you shift the attention to the child and curiosity, the topic doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's I, uh, I I did that literally earlier this year in April. Um, my best friend's son uh, started to really love um, Pokemon. Yeah. And he wanted to play with uh, Pokemon cards every single day. And I was like, oh, I hate this so much. I hate this so, so much. You're such a good I, uncle. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I was literally like, it was Easter, and I was like, I am, if he pulls out these Pokemon cards and wants me to play with him one more time, I'm going to freak out. And I was like, that is such a bad headspace to be in with him, and I don't want to do that for anything. You know what I mean? I want to at least find what he loves about it, or like, and I, and I did, and I, found a new friend who liked Pokemon and I was like, can you teach me about it so that I can at least like, I don't have to love it, but yeah. like, you know, just be able to understand what he's talking about. And, um, I was like, you know, I was I, like, I was a kid that quit sports to do theater. So, and luckily like my family didn't really care all that much, but, um, but like, I know other people who did, that hated that, you know, that, that really judged you for the things that you liked yeah. because they didn't like them and they didn't see value in them. Mm -hmm. So even though he's five and this is just like a card game, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to at least find some way to be able to enjoy this and tolerate it. Like, and not, I, I'm sorry, I didn't want to tolerate it. I wanted to find a way to, you know, enjoy what he was doing and uh, support whatever he wanted to do. Um, and that was a little example, obviously, yeah. like, cause that's such a small insignificant thing for but, you, but for him, it's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. It made a difference. Good job, Ben. Yeah. Good job. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty awesome. Um, I, I love science and art by the way. So I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> no <laughs> judgment. Hypothetical. No judgment. Uh, Still, sure. still not a, still not a huge, still not a huge fan of Pokemon. You get, you know what I do like about Pokemon cards. I don't play the game. I did in like middle school, but they have really cool art. Oh, like yeah. they used to oh. do trading card events at GameStop, and I just go through the book of the cards that we're supposed to trade these kids, and I'm like, this is some really badass art. So there's, so there's always something that you can find in the things that your, uh, you know, kids love. Yeah. Um, to to support them, uh, I support you, Crystal. Thanks. My, my love of Pokemon card art. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 
let's uh, let's start to transition, uh, Gina. Obviously, there's so much more to cover on this topic um, that uh, that you might want to that you might want to talk about. We might want to talk about it at another time. Uh, do you have any final words on specifically um, childhood? Uh, you know, ch- childhood um, self esteem. Yeah, if you don't know where to start, I would say start with you. That would be the easiest way because if you start learning how to love yourself unconditionally, then you'll be able to do it with your child. It'll be a lot easier than trying the other way around. A hundred percent. All right. Well, now it is time for everybody's favorite moment (laughs) in the show. Uh, The moment of gratitude, Gina, why do we end every episode uh, focusing on things that we're grateful for? It really shifts our mindsets uh, instantaneously. So if we're not doing well, we just need to refocus and notice what's great. Where's the gift? What we're grateful for? And it's an instant mindset shift, which impacts our mood and how we feel. All right. Uh, Crystal, what are you grateful for this week? Uh, this week, I am grateful for new beginnings. Um, you know, we've been kind of plugging my website and my business, you know, helping all the companies move online. Hey, look, there it is. Um, you know, I'm really trying to focus on that. And then um, I'm almost finished getting a certification to teach English as a second language. So it's another opening I can use. Yay. Nice. Uh, teach English as a second language for whom? anyone that doesn't speak english nice yeah uh that's awesome very nice new beginnings i like that um it's my turn isn't it it is okay uh you know i'm gonna go on where we started this uh this episode tonight which was um self-esteem and self-confidence obviously that was the whole theme of the episode uh today I had sort of an unexpected conversation that was wrapped up in some fun stuff and like a, just a plunge into the deep end of uh, insecurities and, um, and self-esteem issues that I have personally. And kind of the only area in which I have, in which I have really bad self-esteem issues. Um, But I'm grateful because it was really nice and it was cathartic and I was doing good stuff during it. Um, and, uh, and you know, there's a moment when, when you talk about the things that you're, uh, not confident in when you, where you don't have self-esteem in, um, and you push through and, and you're able to, and you're able to talk and you're able to, to vocalize things and, and whatnot. Um, it's, it, there's always, there's always something better on the other side of that conversation, which is nice. So I'm grateful for that today. That's great. Thanks, Gina. My turn. (laughs) It is your turn. Um, I don't mention her enough, but, uh, I'm grateful for my dog, Lola. She's a boxer. She's amazing. She's going to be 11 years old. And she just makes me laugh. She's like a big baby. And when things aren't so rosy, I always snuggle with her and I always feel better. 
So I'm grateful for Lola. That's awesome. Have I ever met, have we ever met Lola on the show? Where is Lola? She's always in a different part of the house, isn't she? I could turn the camera. Is she there? Yeah. Let's see Lola. If you're comfortable turning the camera, let's see Lola. Tell me when you see her because I don't see the camera. Uh, There she is. Can you put it down just a little? The camera? There we go. Hey, Lola. Uh, so for those of you listening to this on Insight Timer or on the podcast later, check out the live video uh, every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and you can see fun stuff like Lola, uh, Dr. Gina's dog, or, um, you know, any number of other fun things. The crows in my backyard that uh, try to get me during every podcast. So The photos uh, in the background of my where I am. I don't know. Exactly. I got nothing. <laughs> Uh, step your game up, Crystal. I will. I'm going to, so, I will. I will. I got a. I got a clock in my in my room now, but nobody's seen it because I'm outside so much. Um, so thank you guys very much. Uh, check out Crystal Ravenboldwriter.com. Uh, she can help you take your business online, get a website, whatever you need. Um, and check out drmadrigrano.com or drgina.ca if you are looking for any help in the coaching, mindfulness, uh, parenting expertise area uh is there anything else that i missed guys nope all right you are both amazing thank you so much and uh that's it have a good night ben and christmas bye you too Bye. bye guys for more information or to book an appointment with dr gina go to drmandragrano.com or click the link in the description of this episode